Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Yes, I am. I'm ready. I am ready. Are you? Are you? Are you ready for the bar? Not yet for the bar, but I'm ready to go to heaven, like right now. You know, <laughs> even if Jesus came back the day of the bar, like I'm sitting down about to open my computer and take my test and he comes, I'll be like, thank you, Jesus. I'll be like, I'm good. I'll go. I'm gone. Is it on a Jewish holiday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> February 21st, 27th. No, there's no, I don't think there's any Jewish holidays around there. I mean, there could I be. You're going to be taking that test, bro. Hey, you know. Hey, before we get started and talking about us, we got a great show planned for you today. We're starting off with the four horsemen, the rider of the white horse. You're going to be blown away. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. The white horse and the white rider, the white, the rider and the white horse is not what some people may think it is. And we're going to dive into that today. And we have other stuff like asteroids. Come on. You didn't know that was coming. Whoa, <laughs> Nelly. Oh, Nelly. We got U.S. and Israel. We got some woman named Ursula talking at the WEF. We'll find more about that. And we got some Beyonce. The, the Satan Forum. Yep, that's the one. We got Beyonce, we got the Bills head coach, we got Los Vegas Raiders, we got a lot of football stuff happening today too. Hey, you don't want to miss this, stay tuned. GJ, man, come on. Heisman Trophy, how you doing? Hey, hey, for those of you on podcast, he's doing the Heisman Trophy sign. Hey, I should have won it. In vogue, you know what I mean? I should have won it. You should have won Voter, it. Voters got it wrong. The voters got it wrong that year. They did. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Hey, I am less than four weeks away from this bar exam, and I'm asking still for prayer from everybody, 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 is how they say yeah, it back yeah. in Please the day. pray for me and Tanya, because we got to put up with it. I know. They got to hear all my griping and complaining. Uh, had a rough day yesterday, but we, we forge ahead. That's what we do. We keep moving. We have a rough you know day. We keep is? going. You know what that is? That's a uh, little violin. <laughs> <laughs> the real smallest violin. Eh, eh. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It gets really bad. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for the pacifier. <laughs> Dan needs a binky. Dan needs a binky. You know, GJ <laughs> says every single week, I got nothing. But then somehow we take the show more than an hour every single week. I don't know. Yeah, because, because you get you get an hour and four minutes and I get two. What? No. Anyway, we're still keeping up with the same, a little bit more numbers, actually, this past week with people watching. We had another issue with the Pakistan Cricket League. Woo! Come on, Pakistan. Pakistani. We, lo we love you, but you're getting on my last nerve. Just going to let you know. Hey, hey, let me tell you this. Dan's a nice guy. 
to you crossing. Well, I don't know about that, but national earnings out. I'm telling you right now, I would love to see the entire Pakistani cricket league except Jesus. Wouldn't that be hey, something? Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, that's what I really want. I mean, get ready because we're praying for you. We're praying for you. We are. We just actually just prayed for him. We did. Before we came on, we, we really prayed for the Pakistani cricket team. Anything big happened in your week this past week, GJ? Yeah, we had a big event. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. That's uh, over. Thank goodness. <laughs> I can breathe. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I thought I was going to. <laughs> I shouldn't joke like that nowadays. I'm uh, moving on. I'm moving on. Moving on. Hey. Mark to a billion. Hey, I love that. This is the hat, the hat that GJ oh, gave me. Big league me. In Dallas a long time ago. Once upon a time, I had a hat like that. Yeah. It's I, hope, I, hope, I hope the dude that's wearing it. He's being touched by Jesus. Well, he's at least keeping his dome warm. That's a, that's, a, that's a definite, yes, he's keeping his dome warm. And I hope his heart is warmed because of Jesus at the same time. Yeah, so we are well on our way. We were just talking. I haven't even told you this yet, but we have, because I just forgot until just now. But no, no, You're holding back. I am. I'm holding back. No, not really. I just remember just now. So we have. A, I have a good friend. His name is Brandon Naramore. He was, he was a pastor senior pastor of a church here in Roseville. Great guy. I'm getting to know him over the last year. And we have this, we have this heart about the end times that just connects with what you and I are talking about. So he has graciously accepted that he would come on the show. It's either next week or the week after. I can't remember. What's his name? His name's Brandon Naramore. N-A-R-R-A-M-O-R-E. Brandon. Well, hopefully uh, you're bold enough to come on. We've had a lot of people say they're coming on. And they chicken out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just said it. If you're my friend and I've invited you to come on the show and you're watching, calling you out. Got to have courage. Got to be bold to talk about Jesus. Got to be bold to talk about the end times. I just got one thing to say. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> that was really good. That was come really on. good. That was good. I did not mean it the way. Anybody else don't, don't just don't be driving your Corvette or bringing any docks. Exactly. Well, hey, we okay. We've got to get right into this because we really do have quite a bit to share. End times chat, baby. We're gonna talk a little bit more about end times chat in a moment. But go there if I if what I just said those three words gets me kicked off of Facebook. Go to end times chat. We can say whatever we want there. Yeah. So I am like shell shocked at what some of the things I saw about the earth and what's happening on in the earth and on the earth. And here's one of them right here. So this is the craziest thing, GJ. So heading into our earth news, why do we talk about it? Just as a reminder for everybody, because Jesus said there'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and that the earth will have strange tides. Everybody be perplexed by the strange tides, earthquakes in various places, pestilences, you name it. He said it was going to happen, and that would be the sign that the end is coming. I mean, I just want to know how they figure this out. Earth's inner core may have started spinning the other way. Like it's shifting. So my wife and I have been talking a lot about this, about this uh, polar shift. And it's, it's interesting because when these things happen, there's really not much we can do to explain it away. None of us have been here for the thousands of years or plus that the earth has been here. 
So I'm not really sure how they figured this out, but they're saying that roughly 3,100 miles below the surface of the planet that we live on, this planet within the planet can spin independently because it floats in like this liquid metal outer core. And so that's kind of what keeps everything in balance is that core of the earth is what they're saying. And they're saying it's a hot iron ball. Now, I don't know if it's iron or not. How, GJ, how do they know this? It's a great question. Here's what I think. The, the whole time you're telling us, I think you should get your volleyball, go down and check it out. Well, if you play volleyball. After the bar. Right? After the bar. I don't yeah. want to hear any more excuses. Take no more the test. Excuses. Take go the test. to the core. Go to the core. I'm going. I'll take my volleyball. Right now. <laughs> right now. I'll take it. I'll take a, uh, an iron volleyball with me. No, I'll take some magnets and see what happens. So, I mean, exactly how the inner core rotates has been a matter of debate. Duh. Because nobody's ever seen it. Uh, but they say that the latest research is supposed to be pretty crazy. So they're measuring these seismic waves and different things happening. Earthquakes, as we know, continue to happen on a, on a pretty large scale. And thanks to roving reporter Mama Reynolds, we discovered how many earthquakes and how many over a certain number last week, two weeks ago. So, by the way, let me stop there. How's Mama Reynolds doing? How's, she, how's her I finger? Her yesterday. She, she's, she's 95% back. 95% back. Danya, how are you? Good morning. I'm glad you're on here. You do not want to. Danya, if you can hang in there and invite some friends to watch, we're going to be talking about the, the rider of the white horse, the four horsemen of the apocalypse today. Anyway, this is crazy stuff about the inner core. Why do you think, if this is actually happening, GJ, why do you think it would be happening? Why they'd be reporting on it now? And what could the significance be when it comes to what's happening on the earth? And what God has planned. That's a big question, I know, but you can answer it. I know you can. Well, my mind goes several several places on this. One is if it's true, then it's all God and God's gonna use it for his glory, his power. And some of it just can't be be explained. So I like that part of it. If it's not true and it's a fear mechanism, then I say you need to turn to Jesus. <laughs> and uh it's just, how, how do you know? I mean, how do you find out? How do you really know? No. And when I'm looking at that, you know, some of the content there, what do you believe? Going back to like we talked last couple of weeks, deception. What, yeah. what do you do? There's all these prophets. There's all these false prophets. There's all these scientific things that can't be explained. Some can be explained, but is it real? What do you believe? The weather, all these different things. Number one place, boop, boop, boop. the Bible. Right, the scriptures. That's right. The Bible. And I've heard this say, said a quite, quite a few times recently. People are like, well, I like the new, the new Testament, not the Old Testament. I'm like, I'm in the Old Testament, and I'm reading the Bible again, cover to cover. So I'm doing that. I just made a commitment to do that every year. And I love reading the Old Testament. Yeah, me too. And I'm like... I just, and, and it's so much of like what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Dive in, pick up the Bible, start reading it. God will speak to you. Amen to that. I was just reading about Moses going up onto Mount Sinai today for 40 days and 40 nights. And then <laughs> this is a little side note, but Aaron, you know, Moses' brother, who was supposed to be taking care of the people, making sure they stayed, you know, it's like a babysitter. You know, stay within the lines, everybody. This is your area. Stay there. Somehow they convinced him 
to make a golden calf. And this is what Aaron says. He's like, Moses, I, I don't know what happened. I, I just asked them to bring all the gold. I threw it in the fire. Out came a golden calf. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It doesn't sound like a lot of, a lot of I mean, seriously. That's all I got to <laughs> say. I don't know what happened. You did that very well. I don't know. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I turned around for one second. The kids went crazy. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with it? You weren't here, Moses. They're your kids, not mine. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. So, you're going to love this one. I'm, I'm going to. Oh, Nelly. Come on. All right. I just want to point out. I love, I love my asteroids. I, Whoa. Watch your language. I mean. By the way, they're not mine. They're not yours. I just want to point out two words about this right there. Just discovered. Just discovered. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm not sure if the volume is going to be too loud. I don't think it's even on. No. But, you know, this is the solar system. This is the asteroid belt. And they're, they're trying to show you how close it can, it can get to certain planets. And you're going to, this is going to blow your mind. It's going to absolutely blow your mind. They're showing you what kind of sizes they are. I love how those asteroids are running. They got to keep up their strength, you know? Oh, no. Oh, no, Mr. Bell. So <laughs> every once in a while, a couple of them fly off doing their own thing. Isn't that interesting? So there's asteroids, comets, and meteorites. Well, there's an asteroid that's bigger than the, uh, whatever call that thing is, the uh, Eiffel Tower. There's our atmosphere. I love this rendition. It's phenomenal. But let me fast forward a little bit ahead. Oh, my gosh. Boom. I don't think this one was actually going to show you how close it is, but uh, we'll have to see. Anyway, so here's the deal. This asteroid, they call it a near-Earth just-discovered asteroid, 2023 BU, is actually passing Earth. GJ, you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I don't think you're right ready now. for this. I don't, I don't think you're ready for this. 2,500 miles above the ground. That's how close this sucker is supposed to come. Now, that may seem like a far way, but that is not a lot of distance. 2,500 miles? Yes. Yeah, so, so a lot of these satellites are up in 21,000. Yes. So they're saying that this space rock will come only about 6,500 miles from the center of the Earth while traveling at roughly 33,300 miles per hour. Given the average radius of the Earth, the distance from the center to the surface, we consider it to be roughly 4,000 miles. This will zip past us at an altitude of around 2,500 miles above the ground. And they just discovered it. So, I mean, I, I point to Revelation all the time when I see these kinds of things because John, who we're going to get to this in Revelation way down the road, I'm sure, uh, if the Jesus doesn't come back by then, he sees a what looks like a mountain falling out of the sky. I mean, that's exactly how he describes it. And so the only thing I could think of is an asteroid. And that's, I don't know how big this 2023 BU is. I'm pretty sure they could measure it if it's that close. If they can measure something 93 million miles away, they should be able to measure this asteroid. So in any event, I thought you'd like that one. I love it. Good job. Good find. Good find. In conclusion of this show, thank you. Oh, we got more. We got more. We definitely got more. I'm not sure if you posted this or not because I didn't actually jot down who posted what. But U.S. and Israel, here we go. I mean, here's, okay, for those of you that are not watching, U.S. and Israel launch a massive, is the word that they use here on MSN, a massive joint military exercise 
to send a message to Iran and others. Last week, we reported to you that Iran was sending two warships to be stationed in the Panama Canal. And we also reported to you what the defense minister of Iran said when they were doing that. And also the fact that there were some Australian and French ships that tried to stop them and they took appropriate measures, legally appropriate measures. So now U.S. and Israel are launching this massive campaign, this military exercise to say, hey, Iran, take notice. So wars and rumors of wars, GJ. Well, here's one thing, you know, we've talked about all these different military exercises that have gone around the world. And a lot of them were primarily with the United States military with all these different countries and different places around the world. So a couple of things come to mind. One is that's happening more and more around the world. That's number one. Number two is we talk about in the, you know, in revelation, there's no mention of the U S and there's that one world government. So the, the militaries are starting to come closer together. Uh, we see it in the economics. So, I mean, it's just like we're inching towards that one world alliance more and more and more right before our eyes. Absolutely right before our eyes. That's pretty much it for wars, rumors, wars. I mean, we could go into all the stuff going on with Germany right now. And Poland just made a formal request to send tanks from Germany to Ukraine to help out. The United States just approved another 2.5. I'm losing track of how many billions of dollars we sent over there but $2.5 billion of aid to the campaign, military campaign for Ukraine. And then they're also talking about sending these, what they call Abram tanks. So we could talk about all that, but I think the one about US and Israel is a pretty poignant one because if you remember, I was telling you about Zechariah and how this military list, it's an end times book of the Bible, very prophetic book of the Bible. And that's Old Testament, right, GJ? So that this leader came down from the North to try to attack Israel. And then Israel, there was ships from the West, Western peoples that came and scared him back up North. So when you see U.S. and Israel, we're really the, probably the strongest nation on this side of the planet that can actually do something like that. So that's when I was like, I know that the United States was mentioned in the Bible. I'm just saying it was mentioned in the Bible. Before you move on to, to uh, the Satan forum. <laughs> That was good. Thank you. Yeah. And I thought I posted in a thread and I, I was looking and I, I don't see it. So Ukrainian soldiers are now on U.S. soil at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, doing another exercise and learning how to fire. I think it's the Patriot missile. I mean, get real. How hard is it to fire the Patriot missile? I mean, so they had to come here on our soil, which leads to another thing is, you know, it's like when. In the end days, well, people turn against people. You say, why would you turn against your, your, your neighbor? Well, a lot of your neighbors may be from people from other countries. That's another reason why they're trying to flood these countries with foreigners is that they don't have the same view that we have for each other in our own country. So that's slowly eroding a, you know, a culture of trust with one another. I mean, again, that's another very underlying thread. So anyway, we have Ukrainian troops at uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, doing training exercises as well. Yeah, well, let me just hover there for a second, JJ. We don't have a news story about it, but it is something worth mentioning, I think, for this program, is that last month, there was more, the most people in one month that have crossed the border of the United States, I think, ever in recorded history. Something like 251,000 
people poured into the country in one month. Now, if you if you take into account how many people on average, let's say 200,000 will come in in one year, that's 2.4 million in a year. And it's been happening since probably two years ago. So that's a lot of people. And there's it's too many really to vet every single one that comes in. So if there were any reason why another country would want to infiltrate us, that would probably be how they would do it. But more so, what I'd like to say is, is that with all of these things that are, that are happening down at our border and other borders as well, it's not just here, the amount of human trafficking that's going on at our border right now is immensely saddening, infuriating, and something that we as Christians should pray for and really stand behind as far as doing what we can to protect the kids, especially that are coming across the borders. So I think that's worth noting. A little side note. Amen. You posted this one. I did, but before you do that, there's another one in the thread. Yeah. I think we should show it. And it, it, it has Klaus Schwab pointing, and it's got the World Economic logo. And Satan hides symbolism. You know, some of it's hidden very, very carefully, and some of it is right, right out and in the open. And there's a lot of companies where their logo is a representation of something regarding Satan. Disney being one. Yeah, I said it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it now. There's three sixes in, in, the, in the word Disney. And a lot of people think that's, that was Walt Disney's signature. Well, if you look at his original signature, it's not. And at one time, his signature was the logo. And uh, they've modified it. And there's three sixes hidden in it. And sometimes they use it backwards. So anyway, I I just sometimes we you're like, well, what's real, what's not? Sometimes you got to just look at the symbolism that's right jumping right out in front of us. Yeah, I did. I actually passed right by that. I didn't even see it because I I knew it was mentioned in one of the videos I was watching a little earlier. And here we go. Yeah, pretty. Some people might think, well, I mean, that's like you can pull that out of anything. I mean, well, in some cases, true. But if you look at the agendas. Of some of these companies, and and I know a lot of people grew up on on Disney, and they they did a lot of good things. But I mean, they've become very corrupt. They own a lot of the media now. I mean, it's amazing what they own, and you see the agendas that are now creeping in, the wokeness that's creeping in. And I heard wokeness is one of the greatest. It's going to be one of the greatest uses of revival. Think about that. That's a whole nother topic. So again, if you take the red out of this this logo here, it's white. And uh, it's hidden, but they, they're very, very careful of how they put their symbolism in and hide it. And they're giving homage. And again, we got, I mean, the, the WF just had their, uh, I don't know if it's an annual meeting. Yeah, annual meeting. And uh, in Davos, here's one of the ladies speaking. The next decades, we'll see the greatest industrial transformation of our times may be of any times. And those who develop and manufacture the technology that will be the foundation of tomorrow's economy will have the greatest competitive edge. So the scale of the opportunity is clear for all to see. Hmm. So why'd you post this one? I think I have an idea, but go for it. Well, several things. They're really talking about the next decade. So the next 10 years, and of course, they're, they're underlying their agenda, agenda 2030, so the, the, to have everything in place by 2030. They've really been trying to accelerate things. COVID, 
under the guise of COVID and some of the things that have happened over the last three years, that's accelerated certain things. And the transformation, the huge transformation, reset. And it sounds, oh, great. Transformation's great. However, when you start to look at everything, it's all about control. It's all about this is the way it's going to be. And they're the ones that are saying this is how it's going to be. And they're literally playing little gods. And there's really an evil, evil, evil spirit tied to this, which a lot of them have given homage to Satan himself. And maybe all of them, I, I, I can't, I don't know, but I know a lot of them have, if you, if you really start to look back at their history, their bloodlines and, and their views on the world, it's pretty clear. And Satan uses certain things to appear good, but it's a lie and false. And this is a great example. And yeah, we, and if somebody's saying, why would you attack them? We're just saying what's true. Yeah. And we're letting them speak for themselves because we're showing these videos and we want to hear what some of the things are that are being said. This is one that you also posted, GJ, but it was a, um, well, let me just play it. I'll let everybody hear it and then we'll talk about it. It's only 23 seconds. And also our faith leaders, they know that this crisis is much more than physical and environmental schisms. We have a deeply wounded spirit as a people that is in desperate need of healing and restoration. And we must look to our almighty creator to find our proper place in humanity, our proper place as that one strand. Yeah. Well, a couple of questions there. All right. So on the surface, yeah, the faith leaders and it comes across positive. However, you start to look the agenda again, it's like sleight of hand. And then who, what creator? A lot of, a lot of them, they give this creator, but they don't believe it's it's God Almighty Himself. So there's a lot of there's a lot under the hood here that we don't see. But again, it's their agenda. One of the things that really popped out to me about this, GJ, is the fact that, and we know that in the uh, during the tribulation period, there's going to be a one world government. There'll be a one world financial system. There'll be a one world religion. So. That is the what our scriptures say is calls him the false prophet. So there's the there's the Antichrist, which we'll be talking about shortly. There's the the one world bank leader, the one world financial leader, and then there's the false prophet that comes in. And uh, I mean, we could get into all of this. It's very very eschatological. It's very deep in doctrinal and theological. So it's a very big discussion. But I'll just say that when she said this, and she said our Almighty Creator. At the World Economic Forum, especially when the World Economic Forum has been very clear that what they're going for is a global society. And not only that, they put out that commercial, if you don't remember, where they say, oh, nobody will have anything, but everybody will be happy because everybody, they're going to be controlled. Uh, you'll have everything you need. And so they're, they're actually, and I think we've showed this before, but we'll show it again maybe when we get another news story about it, that they're creating these 15-minute cities. And a 15-minute city is that you won't have to travel beyond 15 minutes from your home to get everything that you need. So there's about 200 of these cities that they're starting to plan that direction where you can cut down on your, quote, carbon footprint and not travel here and there because of how much it impacts the environment, as they say. Again, this it's a way to keep people closed in, take away their freedoms, which anything that takes away your freedom something that you should not just bat an eye at and say, oh, that's okay. You know, but that's, that's exactly what's happening. 
sin, and I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but sin is a bondage. It's not freedom. You may think you can go off and do whatever you want, but that is just playing into the devil's hands because he will then have the control over you in order for you to keep and maintain that lifestyle. But when you accept Christ into your life, that's true freedom. That's the freedom from the bondage of sin of this world, of all the control that this world wants to bring on to you. So that's why we talk about this. It's so, so, so very important that we know this. I got off on a tangent there, but that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll move on. Well, thank you, Pastor. What's that? Thank you, Pastor. Oh, thank you. Very, you're welcome. There's also one more video we have to show you from the World Economic Forum. And this is somebody that we know. His name's Tony Blair. He used to run the UK. I'll let his words speak for themselves. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, will be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. It's all you, GJ. <laughs> I've already said enough. Well, two things. One is going back to your 15 minutes. It sounds like the movie Divergent, where they have these little pockets and you got to live within that pocket and that region. And then, of course, you see what happens. People are like, want more than that. And I believe there's this innate nature to do that. God put it in us. And uh, they're trying to control everybody. This here, they're again, control. And then if you get out of line, we're going to take action. It doesn't matter whether you're for or against. The topic, it's like they're dictating what it is. And then, oh, they're already saying, we, we're going to need more of these and these more, more immunizations. But what we're finding is these immunizations aren't working. So what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, what are they doing is right. Indeed. You know, you know I'm just going to, I'll go to the next thing because I, I want to pull it up because I just came up. I just had a different thought. But we can go down this rabbit trail. And never come back. <laughs> and we could. I mean, we could spend a whole day on this. But let's just move on. This is all leading up to the tribulation, by the way. These are all the things that are leading up to the tribulation. But I'm not sure if I remember if you posted this one or not, GJ. I think I may have found it. Oh, oh if it's good, you take it. But if, if I post it, it's good. Oh. <laughs> you, take, you take it. You take it if you want it. Oh, I, I don't maybe, think. Maybe I've never seen it. I don't know. I don't think maybe. I even posted it in an end times chat on Telegram. <laughs> Because I found it this morning. I did actually post this one. Did you? <laughs> I did. But go oh, take it. I no, want no. you to take it. I'm going to hear your perspective, not mine. Okay. Well, you're, <laughs> I think, no, you're right. You did post it, but I looked it up on a different, because I wanted to get a different news source to see if it was out in the mainstream media. That's why. That's why. Because sometimes I think that when people, when we talk to people about certain news sources, they're like, oh, that's just blah, blah, blah. But if, if it's in that news source and it's also in the mainstream media, that's when I'm like, oh, this is something to pay attention to for reals. Or when you look at some of these news sources that are definitely fake news, but they post something that's legit, that just gives it to me, that gives it, gives it more credence. And what else are they trying to say? Or are they trying to backtrack or whatever? But I just felt when I saw this, hey, and bottom line is we know this has been going on. And they're just flatly putting right out in our face. I mean, these types of things have been going on since the early 90s. Oh, yeah. So just to give you a little heads up, okay? Wait a second. This is not, this is not the one I thought it was. This is all oh you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm ready for the bar exam. 
Oh my gosh, that was that is not that's not helping my psyche right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I didn't know. I did not look this one up. This is all you. You tell me what this is. Okay, I'll recover. <laughs> so it, the title says "Little Known Surveillance Program Captures Money Transfers Between U.S. and More Than Twenty Countries." Well, this is nothing new. It's just they haven't ever said it out out you know in the open. Now they're saying it out in the open. Now, my question is, why are they saying it out in the open? So any transaction over $600 has been reported for a long time. Hence, if you're in the U.S. and you pay somebody more than $600, you're supposed to file the paperwork you know, at the end of each year and submit that. And, and I'm like, okay, why are, they, why are they saying this out in the open? Um, but one, if you dive into it, one of the things they also talk about is how do we recover from that as the average person? And that's where cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and some some of the tangible ones takes the control out of the central bank. And of course, there's been, oh, that's bad. Well, is it or is it not? I'm going to leave it there because that's another rabbit trail we could go down. Why are we talking about this? Because when we go to the in Revelation, we talk about the one world government, the one world financial, the one world everything. Everything's controlled. They know everything. And then if you get out of line, they can stop it. They can shut you down or they can minimize. And we're seeing that's what's happened. But the one thing I think this is very important here is this technology has been exi existed for some time. It just continues to get more and more and more as the main thing and, and and people are like hey it's just the way it is well the one thing that i want to point out here is that is this this line right here the track program which is what this is called gives law enforcement agencies from the fbi to local police here's the key word you ready warrantless access to details on millions of money transfers so i've been you know in this whole law school thing for four and a half years now and I know that there's a reasonable expectation of privacy that everyone has. That everyone has. But a lot of that has to do with being in your home. Like in your car, you don't necessarily have a full reasonable expectation of privacy. Well, bank statements, this is one of the things that I clued in on in my studies. Bank statements, there's no, according to the U.S. government currently in the law, there's no reasonable expectation of privacy in your financial transactions. So they have now opened this up and now you can, they can search millions of money transfers with no warrant, which means they can find your personal information, find out who you are, what you do, how much money you spend, where you spend it. Enough said. Don't need to go any further than that. Well, here's the other thing. It's not just them. It's, the, it's now out on the dark web. And in the last month, I've had my credit card utilized for, for uh, transactions that weren't even mine. So, I mean, there's another level to this as well not just from a government standpoint, but also from a criminal standpoint. And uh, I don't think there's any privacy anymore. I think it's, you know, it used to be 95.5. I believe now it's 5% privacy and 95% not. I mean, especially if you do any transactions online or ever have. Well, I'm going to say right now that I was, by the way, Devin Eckhart is here for a couple of days doing some business out here. Whoa, Devin. And uh, he's staying at our place tonight. Yeah, last night and tonight, just to, for a place to hang out while he's here. He should be on our show. Well, you know, he left a little early this morning to go to work. So the um, the reason why I mentioned did he? That, did he? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He did. So the reason why I mentioned it was because last night, as we're talking, Ty and I and Devin were talking, my watch right here kept interrupting and saying, I don't know. Let me. This is what I found on the web. And so then you look at your devices that are in your home, whether it's your phone, your watch, your communication devices, if, if you will. There's like the Google out there and there's Amazon's. There's uh, you. I mean, I can't remember which other ones are out there, but there's a bunch of them out there. And there really is no privacy in your home anymore. Now, I don't really have any reason to to not to to hide anything. So for me, I'm like, well, whatever. I I want people to hear the conversations I'm having because they're they're conversations about Jesus and about the Lord and about faith and the end times. And I want people to hear that. But it's just there is no true reasonable expectation of privacy in your home anymore. It just isn't. You can't. It's just everywhere. And so that's why I'm like, we're so close to that level of control that the girl, that the one world government can have over everyone's lives. We're that much closer because of it. Anyway, I feel like I can go off on that tangent too, but do you have anything else to add before I move to the next one? Yes. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. So <laughs> this is the one, this is the one I found. And I thought I got to give a little background to this one because I, I found out about this a couple of years ago, but, and it was in the very beginning stages. And so a friend of mine just pointed out to me, he was really impressed with it. He's like, hey, have you tried OpenAI? And I said, yeah, I heard about it, but it wasn't really in a great spot. And so he goes, yeah, you have to log in. You got to give some information, but it's the most incredible thing. You can put in a subject. And I'm not going to give a demonstration right now, but you can give a subject on this little search key, key bar and or key, uh, whatever you call it, you know, a little bubble thing you put stuff in. And then um, it'll start writing paragraphs of information about it. And every time you put it in, it brings up a different set of information to help you understand what it is. So that's open artificial intelligence, which is gathering information from all over the interwebs and putting it together in some kind of format that you can understand. Now, why is this something we're going to talk about? Because you don't know that you can actually read a blog and there'll be an author's name there. But somebody could literally put in a subject matter, it would write it for you, and then you copy and paste it into a document and call it a blog. You don't even know if it's just a computer-generated document. I mean, it's just the same to me. So here's why it's important. Microsoft just laid off about 10,000 employees, about 10,000, give or take, and they just invested $10 billion in the open AI software. What's your reaction? Well, one is we're removing the human aspect altogether. And then it just goes to show business is more important than the people in this situation. The other thing is I look at this and I, on one hand, it's phenomenal technology because I'm familiar. I haven't checked into chat GPT, but I'm familiar with it. I know it's an up and coming thing and I'm like, okay. But then when I say Microsoft's behind it, I don't like Microsoft. I don't like their products. Yes, I've used, I use some of them. It's very frustrating, by the way. Yeah, I said it. And that's my personal opinion. Then I'm seeing the how this can be used for both positive and negative. And then I fast forwarded to the end times or, or the tribulation period. I mean, whatever they want you to know is what it's going to be. And it's going to be taken as truth, even though it may not be truthful. So that's what I see. So you take out the human, the human aspect of it. And then the other thing is, from a copyright standpoint, it sounds like copyrights 
could be overwritten very easily. So again, you're taking the human element out and I just feel like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, again, we're allowing technology to play the little God. Absolutely. You had posted something in the chat about the pediatric gender clinics. Was that you that posted in there? I don't ever remember anymore. I actually did post it in there. The map says it all. Go ahead and tell us, walk us through this. I'm going to blow it up for everybody so they can actually see, see it a little bit better. So 2007, there was one pediatric gender clinic and it was in Virginia. Now, as of last year, 2022, I didn't see the exact number. It's a lot. It's a lot. And almost every state is represented and maybe every state is representing. You say, okay, well, on one hand, well, that's great. Here's what's happening is that the kids are being targeted in so many ways and they're being dictated of a level of belief that certain things are good when it's not good. And they're not even at a capable age to even understand it fully. Again, certain people are saying, no, they are, they do have, they need to know. Well, well, I didn't need to know that when I was that age. Why did, why did my kids, why did my grandkids, why do little kids need to know certain things? So we're removing the child aspect of it and then basically coercing them indirectly. And, and somebody may hate what I'm saying. I mean, today, hey, we're saying it like it is. I mean, you don't like it, turn it off. I, I don't really care. But here's what I know. Everybody's going to bow before Jesus and where they're, they're playing it. And uh, there's a lot of trauma attached to this. That's all being kept quiet as well. What about the people that have done these things and then they realize, oh my gosh, it was a bad thing. So it just goes to show where we're at. And it's like a Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, I'm almost to the point where Lot and his family, well, actually I just read about Lot and his family and his wife turns around and she turns to salt. And because Lot said, well, what if there's 10 people that are righteous? I'll save Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, they, I mean, he started at a different number and got down to 10 and, and there weren't. So, I mean, we're seeing it, the decay of what's really good for mankind. And then you got all these elitists saying, here's what is good and here's the transformation and it's all good. When you're playing little God, there's a price to pay. Yep. Where I go with this is that, you know, God created, and even in scriptures, it's very clear, God created male and female. Male and female, he created them. That's how it's written in the New King James Version. And there's other verses out there that they uh, change around the word structure, but it says the same thing. If there's anything that I think the enemy, the devil wants to do is confuse what God created and say, oh no, did God really say there's only two genders? Did he really say that or are there more? And so as soon as that confusion enters into the mind and somebody grabs a hold of it, that confusion just snowballs into this massive amount of trauma and psychological issues and disorders and all the things that we see today. And so that's, that's the sad part of it. And so, GJ, you know, we're not, we're not, you and I are not bashing what's happening. We're pointing it out to you to see, to show you, look, Satan's trying to do what he came on this earth to do. And that is confuse the minds of the ones that God himself created with his very breath. And so he, that's what he's been trying to do ever since he created male, uh, male and female Adam and Eve. This has been his MO ever since. So I just want to make sure we point that out. But this is definitely something, GJ, that made me go. <laughs> So 
aside from that, you also posted something else, which I thought was interesting, to say the least. And there was some kind of a massive show that happened over in Dubai recently, was there not? Yeah, there was. And just that image right there, that's all, you don't even need words. So what it is, you have the sun, you have really, it's a, and I don't know which, which uh, demonic spirit, but you know, it's really basically homage to Baal. Uh, the whole thing is set up as a Lucifer, Lucifer, it's a Luciferian display on all fronts. And uh, you have, uh, I mean, you got people that are, I don't even know what to say. I know. It's like, <laughs> is that, is that the picture speak for itself? I'm like, and is it supposed to be some kind of a sun god or sun goddess? And you can see that she's, she's supposed to be part of that tree that's receiving its uh, health and fertility from the sun god. That's kind of how I see that. Yeah. And, it, and it's Beyonce and, and there's been ties and there's been a lot of written about her satanic path. Yes. You mean Sasha Fierce? I think that's what, they, that's what she called herself. She's like, Sasha Fierce comes out when I get on stage or something like that. Mm. You know, we can still pray for her soul. We can still pray for her. Amen. Amen. I, I, I look at it and I'm just, my spirit's shaking. Yeah. I get, I get the, woo, which I have it pulled up. I need to move on. <laughs> That's fine. We can move on. We have two more to share with you. These are some good positives before we get to the. Hallelujah. Of the white horse. But. Man, NFL's making some making some interesting comments. Some of the people in the NFL are making some great comments recently. So you tell us what's going on with this one. This is uh, Bill's head coach, I believe. Sean McDermott. So recently, DeMar Hamlin, he's the one that collapsed on the field, had a heart attack, they revived him. Anyway, he, he's alive. Actually, he was at the game on Saturday, I think it was Saturday. And uh, he... Uh, He's not playing. He's still got a recovery, but he did survive. There was, you know, tons of prayer and, you know, God uses bad things for good. And this is a great example. And um, the Buffalo Bills head coach said, you know, that God's real and that there's power in prayer and miracles and that they do happen. So that story had prayer on TV, <laughs> on ESPN. There's prayer all over. I mean, social media, I mean, whether a lot of them are actually doing it, I have no idea. But the one thing is, it's definitely showing that God is real and the power of Jesus. Then, there, then there's the quarterback, former quarterback. He's still with the, the Raiders. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. And he's he, he won't be at the Raiders next season. And, you know, so they're asking, like, you know, what's up and, you know, what's going to happen. and you know, he gave this moving speech recently, and the bottom line says, you don't know the God that I know. Well, hopefully you do know the God that he knows, and nothing can kick my feet out from under me. There's nothing that can come against me where I'm going. Where I'm not going to win in the end. Yeah, so he's going to win. So he knows that even if he loses here, he's going to win ultimately in heaven. And I love that thought, that mindset, and I love it because. He's also thinking eternal, as bad as it may be for him. I mean, he's still getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> put me in, coach. I know. Put me in. I love that last line. Hey, no, keep me on the sidelines. I'm okay with that, coach. Yeah, I'm good. 
I love what he says here. There's nothing that can come against my household for the spirit of God breaks it free and says, we don't need to worry about that. So great encouragement from quarterback Derek Carr. We'll pray about where he goes and what's going to happen. So I want to get right into, first of all, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to put this user in timeout because I did not like the picture that was on there on Whoa, YouTube. I didn't see it. So anyway, while you're doing that, one thing that I see is more and more people are starting to become bold in their faith, even though they might be dealing with some trials. You know, DeMar Hamlin, you know, their team rallying, the coach rallying, and the whole league rallying, and the fans rallying. And, and now you got Derek Carr and his comments. And I mean, people are starting to become bolder in their faith. However, some are running away from it too. Yep. I say run to Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about him right now, as a matter of fact. And we'll ride a horse to Jesus. Yeah. Giddy up. Giddy up. I'm going to uh, go on mute because this part's all you. <laughs> well, we just started last week. We introed the four horsemen for everyone. And for those of you that I've been waiting for this moment, great job. You hung in there with us until, you, uh, until we got to it. And go ahead at this point, invite as many people on as you can to watch it and share it as much as you can. So. We've been talking about Revelation chapter five, and then also we just started chapter six, where the four horsemen of the apocalypse is what we call them has entered onto the scene. And in Revelation chapter six, the moment that the lamb, who is Jesus, opens one of the seals, one of the four living creatures that we talked about in the past speaks with a voice like thunder. Throughout Revelation, we read of loud voices in heaven that sound like thunder. When the seventh angel sounds his trumpet in Revelation eleven fifteen, there were loud voices in heaven. When the seven bowls of wrath are introduced in Revelation 16, 1, John says, then I heard a loud voice from the temple. These judgments are announced boldly. There is an atmosphere of great drama and intensity happening in heaven when these things happen. So John, who wrote the book of Revelation, is invited to come and see and earlier, John was told, hey, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. And that's in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. So now, John is invited to see the terrible judgments of God's wrath that will inflict upon a rebellious and unrepentant world. And that, my friends, is unfortunately where we are headed. But what a spectacle for this human understanding to absorb and accept, for John to see this and write down what he saw. So that leads us into Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, and the rider on the white horse. And you have it up on the screen there. It says, I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles <clears throat> and gain the victory. Now, some people have tried to see this white horse as a picture of good rather than evil. One view says it represents the gospel and its conquest of human hearts. Well. I think that's great. That sounds wonderful. But another person also says the white horse represents the second coming of Jesus Christ and pictures Christ himself. A strong connection when they, when, with these thoughts is made with Revelation 19.11, where John says, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. So in Revelation 19, the rider is Jesus himself. So why not believe that the rider on the white horse in Revelation 6 is the same? Well, let me consider the following reasons with you of why the rider on the white horse in Revelation 6 does not represent Jesus. Number one, 
Jesus Christ is the one who opens the seals. While not overpowering in its argument, it does seem kind of strange that the first seal would represent the one who opened the scroll with the seven seals in the first place. Like his, just think logically for a second. His worthiness to open the seals seems to place him outside and above the messages that are written on the scroll. So if, if that's the first one. The second one is a little stronger of an argument. The remaining seals deal with judgment and tragedy. Again, not a strong argument, but it's bigger, it's uh, you know, stronger than the first one. But it causes us to question why the first seal would depart from the overall scheme of things that are contained in the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. The third thing, which is a stronger, I think, a stronger thing, is the crown is not the same as that in Revelation 19. In Revelation 6, verse 2, the writer, the writer wears a crown. In Revelation 19, 12, Jesus wears many crowns. Pay attention to that. Also, the Greek word used in Revelation 6, 2 is not the same one that's used in Revelation 19, verse 12. On the head of Jesus Christ are many diadems, is what it actually says uh, in the Greek. The crowns of royalty, whereas the crown on the rider of the white horse in Revelation 6 is the crown of victory won by any conqueror, including those who participated in athletic contests. So if you put that wreath, that crown wreath on someone's head, that's the word that's used in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. That's why I think that this is not Jesus on the, the as the rider of the white horse. So who is the false prophet? Potentially, but there's also another thought too. Who is that rider? So the rider rides a white horse, probably suggests a counterfeit Christ. Oh, snap. Jesus said in Matthew 24, four to five, take heed. And that's the, one of the main scriptures where we get uh, why we do the show is in Matthew chapter 24 and four verse, uh, verses four and five says, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So according to Jesus, there will be many attempts to deceive even the people that already know who Jesus is. There will be those who argue that the Christ has come and even invite us to go see him in Revelation, uh, Matthew chapter 24, 23, and 27. It's one of the reasons why we showed you that video, that woman that said the spirit of our people is broken and we need uh, something from our almighty creator. Who is that creator? That's my biggest question that she's talking about. However, when the second coming of Christ takes place, the whole world is going to know it. This is not the rapture we're talking about. We're talking about the second coming of Christ where he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. There's no need for any private interview or instructions as to where he can be found. You will find him on the Mount of Olives, period. That's where he's going to be. In addition to being a counterfeit Christ, though, the rider's authority and position was not earned, but given. It says a crown was given to him. That he had a bow also depicts, depicts excuse me, a military conquest. The text says he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. That indicates to me that his motivation was to achieve a military victory through his continual victories. So the Great Tribulation begins with a new ruler rising to power on the scene of world history. This is nothing new to those who have studied the Hebrew prophets. Daniel predicted that such a person would rise to power in the end times. Daniel 7, Daniel 9, Daniel 11. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul called this coming world ruler the man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one. In verse 4, Paul predicted what the prophet Daniel said over 500 years before. This son of perdition opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God 
or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The apostle John declared that the Antichrist is coming in 1 John 2, 18. You put all this together. The first seal introduces us to a coming world leader who will deceive and convince people that he is a Messiah, that he is the answer to their problems. He will gradually rise to power and eventually become the dominant ruler in the world. That our present world desires such a leader is extremely obvious. They're talking, we, we talk about it every single week, GJ and I. The World Economic Forum is out there pushing that agenda. The Messiah syndrome grips much of the world's populations, and it's not difficult to see how allegiance to a counterfeit Christ could be easily conceived and developed. The Bible teaches that this coming world ruler is going to be energized by the power of Satan himself. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 and Revelation 13.2. So that, DJ, to me, is who the rider of the white horse is. And so, and the thing that makes it very interesting to me, GJ, as we're kind of I'm turning it back over to you, is that this crown was had to be given to this person because this is the beginning of the judgment. So I, I want to help everybody understand that that's where we're coming from with this. So next week, we're going to do the rider of the uh, red horse. We'll talk more about that next week. Well, it's very, I mean, you did a great job of articulating the difference between first white horse and Jesus on his white horse. And it really makes sense. And each week, something makes sense, a little more clarity for me in this whole time that you've been teaching in Revelation. So thank you very much. It makes sense because think about all these people are raptured. So all of a sudden they're gone. And then who knows what else, whether it's earthquakes or anything else chaotic that happens. I mean, I just can't imagine all the craziness that's going on so people are going to be hungry for something and the false messiah which is the antichrist comes you know riding on a white horse that makes very sense how people would embrace that because you know i used to think how would anybody believe that and how would he fall for that it's very clear how people will fall for it including people that know of jesus they just didn't give their, their life to jesus and so if you're watching right now or you're listening, how do I know that I'm right with Jesus? How do I know that I don't be that I don't become misled? And number one is always be in the word. I start my day off in the word. 99% of the time I say 99 because I've missed two days last year. And I'm all about keeping my streak and praying and literally praying and, and talking with Jesus and talking with God himself. They're there to hear directly from you. Jesus is there for you. All you have to do is reach out. And then where are you going to spend eternity? And eternity is forever. So we, a lot of times we think living on earth is forever <laughs> or a long time. It's short compared to forever. And I'm reading in the Old Testament, like I said earlier, and you know, a lot of the, like Abraham lived, I think, to 175 years old. Noah lived, I think, 600 and some years. I mean, maybe 800 years. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. And, and now, you know, the average lifespan is approximately 80 years old around the globe. That's really short in comparison to eternity. So where are you going to spend eternity? And, and the question I, I always ask people is, are you sure? Do you want to be sure? So we're going to lead, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And all you got to do is ask Jesus in your heart, recognize he's your Lord and savior, ask for forgiveness, 
turn away from the sin and have him make you new and put you on a new path. And he'll do that. Father, we come to you. We thank you for this opportunity. I know we touched on some tough topics today and some that people don't agree with or understand. I pray that, you know, we can overlook that. And what's most important is where are you going to spend eternity? Right now, everyone has that opportunity to make that choice. We have the choice. Lord, we recognize that you are the Lord and Savior of all things. And only through you, through your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sin, is the way to you. So we acknowledge this. Number one, we ask for for you to come into our heart, make our heart new. We ask for forgiveness for anything that we've done. And no matter what that is, we know that you're willing to forgive us because you had your son die for all sin on the cross. We ask that you come and, and give us a new heart and a new path so that we can start to move forward in everything that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Really good show. Really, really good show. I'm sure there'll be some pushback. I'm sure there will be. But we're going to keep on speaking truth. We're going to keep on doing what we feel called to do. And and times.chat is where you're going to find us if we're not on here next week. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. God bless everybody. We'll see you next time. Praying for you. Stay safe out there. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more. And don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.